Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heaven Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and I'm so glad that we can start this new liturgical year, this new adventure together. Let us open our hearts, minds and heart to the work of the Holy Spirit as we listen to the Word and meditate on it. Let us pray. Grant your faithful, we pray, Almighty God, the resolve to run forth to meet your Christ with righteous deeds at his coming, so that, gathered at his right hand, they may be worthy to possess the heavenly kingdom. <coughs> Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So will it be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake. For you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour of night when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you also must be prepared. For at an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, as a church, we celebrate the first Sunday of Advent, and therefore, it's almost proper to wish each other Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New New Liturgical Year. That would be more technically uh, right. We are starting a new cycle as a church, and of course, cycles are not circles, okay? It means that we don't spin around. Cycle is most like a spiral, actually. We keep on going through year after year, A, B, C, A, B, C. But the goal is that we have to become aware that we are moving. And the goal is for us individually and as a community, as a church, we are going closer and closer to Christ as we celebrated last week, who is the king of the universe. So we are not just spinning around, we are growing in the awareness of what God has done, how much he loves us, and in the grace that he has bestowed on us, we respond and we grow as a disciple of Jesus to reach that point where we will see him face to face. 
So that's why we, are, we start again with this season of preparation. Advent is a season that allows us to prepare by becoming aware that the Lord is coming. Certainly, on a most immediate way, Advent prepares us for the season of Christmas. But it also allows us to remain grounded on the fact that God comes to us every single moment of our day. The moment when we pray, He's there. When we celebrate the sacrament, He's there. When we read scriptures, He is there speaking to us. And of course, He is there whenever we welcome our neighbor and love Jesus in that person. And then we also, as a church, during this season, we always have in mind that He is coming in glory at the end of time. So Christ has come, is coming, and will come. And because when we see our lives in this perspective, on our timeline, we know that we have always been in the presence of the Lord. We understand that this is a season that renews us in our hope, knowing that Christ is present, even and especially when we think it's not. Christ's presence is always there, but we must become aware of this. And this is also the call that Advent as a season gives us. This is the time when once again we are invited to climb up the mountain, as Isaiah tells us in the first reading. Climb up the mountain of the Lord so that we can encounter Him. Obviously, we don't have to physically climb up, but mountains are symbols of the places where God is present in a very immediate and intimate way. Okay, we go up. Where did Moses receive the commandments? On a mountain. Yeah. And where did Jesus go and gave us the new law for Christianity? It's the Sermon on the Can you see the pattern? Okay, got it. So the mountain is the place where we become aware because we leave behind the craziness of the city and we focus on what really matters. And so we are invited to climb up, to go, because this mountain is not easy. There is no easy access. You have to climb up. There is a, an effort on our part to go there. But Isaiah tells us that once we are there, God has a particular goal during this season, and hopefully through the entire year. It's we go there so that we can receive His Word. And Isaiah says that He wants to instruct us. He wants to teach us something. And what is it? He's teaching us, especially this year, how to turn swords into plowshares. That's the vision. But each one of us has to make that choice to make sure that all those swords that we feel there are in our lives or around us can be changed into plowshares. So no longer focus on how to damage another, but we focus now on changing those drives, those negative and aggressive attitudes that we are developing as society especially, and to turn them into plowshares, into opportunity for other people to grow and be blessed. I think we need a lot of changing of so there are too many sorts out there as a society, right? And we need to change them all into plowshares. And you know how we're gonna do that? Each one of us has to face the reality that if we are not willing to change ourselves as disciples, nothing else is gonna change. 
It's easier to tell people, well, you change, you become more peaceful, you become kinder, and then later on, if I want to, I'll, I'll do it myself. No, when it comes to Christianity, we are all co-protagonists. We are all in the first pew, even though nobody sits in the first pew. Traditionally, it's, uh, it's we are all there. We're all invited to make that choice. And when do we make this choice? St. Paul reminds us that the choice we have to make must be made now. Not later today, not tomorrow, not Christmas Day, not on January the 1st, like many of the New Year's resolutions, right? Oh, on New Year's 2020 is going to be the year I'm going to follow Jesus. Well, guess what? I might have or not have that chance. So the Lord is calling us to make the decision when? Now. When? Now. How about this afternoon? No, no, now. It has to be now. So hopefully this will be something that we're going to do at this Mass as well, to bring to the altar our willingness to say, Lord, I'm willing to take this adventure. I'm, taking to, I'm willing to open up so that you can come into my life as Emmanuel, God with me, God with us, and change these swords into plowshares. Change everything that is negative. And Paul gives us a little list. So it will be a very good thing this week to go over the second reading and finding out all those things, jealousy, rage, and all those things. And say, how do they play, do they have a role in my life? And what can I and the Lord do to ch change them into source of blessings? The word that we receive today for the season is a command that Jesus gives us to stay awake, to wake up, to become aware of something. And this thing is that God is coming into your life constantly. And we have to become aware that he is there and he's knocking and he's saying, I want to be God with you. And last week we heard that he longs to say, you will be with me in paradise. In order to do that, we have to wake up. As I told you, one way symbolically is to move away from the craziness of the city in order to meet the Lord on the mountain. How can we do that? First of all, the word to stay awake has many meanings. And we want to become aware of what they are so that we understand what Jesus really wants us to achieve this year. To stay awake obviously means, to wake up means to stop sleeping or to not fall asleep. It means that we either have an alarm clock set up or we have a system that will help us to remain awake. But the word is also used to identify, for example, standing up. So I wake up and stand up. And remember in the scripture, standing up is the image of a human being fully alive, ready to go, to live life. But also we use this word, uh, we hear this word used by Jesus when he brings, for example, a young girl back to life. You remember the story of the little girl where Jesus goes and says, she's not dead, she's asleep. And he says, talita kum to wake her up. It means what? It means that what God wants us to become aware is that Advent, Christmas, and the entire liturgical year this year calls us to be truly who we are meant to be. 
And in order to do that, we have to become strong enough to safeguard this identity, making sure that nobody steals this identity and tell us that we are something else. Look at what Jesus is saying. Jesus is referring to uh, the days of Noah. What is he talking about? Well, the day, during the days of Noah, a lot of people, even though they were told that God was about to do something, they said, eh, don't worry. Don't be like Noah, listening to the Lord, acting out. He's weird. Let's continue to do whatever we usually do. And what happened? The Lord came. Something happened, and they were completely unaware. It happens to us as well. Now we are entering into Advent, we're preparing for Christmas season, and we continue, but we cannot live our lives in the same way, like all the others. Why? Because we heard what God wants to do. So what are we to do? How can we become more aware of this? How can we live this season in this awareness that God is with us? I don't know, honestly. Uh, we all have to find our own ways. I can share some of the things that I do at this time to remain aware of this, uh, uh, this season and the hope and the beauty of this season. One thing, for example, I do is to increase my prayer life. Now there are so many apps out there that it can be incredibly helpful. Not only apps with prayers already written, but now there are some Catholic apps where you can actually hear people, someone praying with you, inviting you to pray, which is great because sometimes I'm too tired and I, it's helpful to, to have a, a guiding voice helping me to remain in prayer. But then this is also the season of cards, meaning we write cards, Christmas cards, we receive Christmas cards. What a great opportunity. Every time I get a card, I say a prayer. Not only I rejoice, oh, somebody remembered me, you know. But then I say a prayer. I turn that moment of joy into a moment of blessing. And then, of course, when I write cards, before putting it in the mail, I pray for them. Lord, you know, bless this friend. You know, whatever it is that you're sending. One thing that came up to me as I was preparing for this liturgy, especially thinking about the swords being changed into plowshares, is to make a list of all the people that you can stand. Or even better, all the list of the people that can stand you. I'm sure you know that there are a couple of people that they can stand you. We all have them, it's mathematics, so it's, it's okay, you know, we can live with that. And what happens? Well, Let's the, get the best card ever and write the most beautiful message for these people. Why? Because we don't want to get any of those swords on Christmas Day when we visit Jesus at the manger. We want to make sure that we have taken as many out. And we have to turn them into plowshares, right? Into blessings. What a great opportunity to send all these cards to all these people that we have a strange relationship with, hoping that they feel that God is with them as well. It's a big challenge, don't you think? But it makes us think, because sometimes we always go, I send cards to the people that send me cards. Well, maybe we can change it. That's what people do. We can take another stand. We can do something else. We can send cards to people who do never send us cards because of whatever happened. Use caution. 
Okay, you don't want to start a war in uh, Israel. But we, we can take a step, maybe, in making sure that they also know that God is with them. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that He's inviting us again to start again, but this time focusing on Him who is coming, Emmanuel. And let's be as creative as possible to be different, to celebrate this season. Most especially, let's avoid picking up fights where there are no fights to be had. I'm not really sure. Sometimes I see Christians at this time when we celebrate the arrival of the Prince of Peace picking up an incredible amount of very strange fights. People not saying Merry Christmas, so we're going to say it and we're going to be mad at them because they happy um, season's greetings, whatever. Go, let's go easy this time. Let's prove to them that Merry Christmas is meaningful to us by being at peace, by being a conduit, a channel of God's presence in their lives. And if somebody doesn't say back, smile. It's all right. It's going to be Christmas anyway, right? So why turning this into a fight? You know, sometimes we, this is the season where we always have to pick the fight. Why are we always picking up fights? I'm not really sure. But what a great opportunity to witness the love that God has for us as he's visiting us and we are now becoming his heart that is going to encounter all other people. And as we continue to pray, we want to bring to the Lord on the altar our willingness to follow Jesus this year and make sure that we rediscover and reclaim that we are God's beloved children and out of his great love for us, he decided to become flesh and to be with us as one of us. And with our hearts renewed by God's word, I hope that you too make the choice today, right here and now, to become a disciple of Jesus and to walk more closely with him towards the Father. I wish you well, and I hope that your Advent season will be a major blessing. And I'll talk to you next time. God bless. Bye-bye.